Welcome back to Living More of a Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Jane Tarrant, and I still have Beth Hope with me for part two. When you've been through a trauma, you are not alone. Sometimes we need to be open about what we need from another person, and we discuss support groups for how they can help, but also how they can trigger. We need to be aware of our triggers, and also for all of us, maybe we could think about the language of communication. For example, how are you? This can be extremely overwhelming for someone who's struggling. How are you today or how are you this morning could be a lot more manageable. Very interesting. And I mean, from your experience, what you've been through, what would you give the advice of to somebody else if they felt that they had been through something that they were maybe suppressing or that they weren't sure they, they could talk to their mum and dad about it or they felt that they weren't quite sure um you know just what to do at all they know they've had this in their past they've never dealt with it they're okay but they're not great they're not living more of a life which is kind of what this podcast is about so you know yeah. what would you say to that person now having been through that yourself I think it's always one of these things where you know I don't want to kind of go around spewing advice here there and everywhere because it's such a deeply personal um, experience and it's different for everyone that you know one size doesn't fit all and kind of who am I to have the right to say that you should go do this or that you know all I can say is from everything I do and why I set up my business in the first place and why I you know have told uh, around my PTSD and the sexual assault and why I've talked about it in a public sphere is because everything like that I think what would have helped me at 19 when I was in denial when I was in repression when I didn't know how to face anything you know and that's kind of the only reason that's the only driver for me for me saying any of this in a public place is because I you know I'm very aware that I am deeply deeply privileged that I have a supportive family that I have supportive friends that I can be someone that has spoken openly about this and not you know have I guess my family or friends reject me in any way um so I think the main thing is just knowing that you're not alone and that you know what has happened to you there are others that have had the same thing and and even if you don't feel like you can truly face it right now that's okay you know it took me what like nearly 10 years seven years I think um before really coming to to a head with it but I you know I can't say that I wish I'd come to it earlier because I am one of those people like everything that's happened has led me to where I am now and my life now is I'm so happy deeply truly happy because I've completely reworked myself and that's shown up in my personal life my business um you know my relationships um and brought all of that honest and open communication out into the world so I think it's just taking it one step at a time and and thinking is there a way or someone you know it doesn't have to be family your friends can also be the family that you've chosen if if that's a relationship that's that's not you know as nourishing as it could be um so is there one person that you think you could have a, a, an open conversation with and and don't be afraid to say 
to someone, I need to tell you something and all I want from you at the end of it is a hug. I don't need advice. I don't need to be fixed, so-called. You know, I don't need you to try and help me in that way. What's helpful for me is you just listening um, and kind of caveating that because I think something that that I've certainly learned is being able to be more open and honest with what I need from from others and just also being honest and having that out in the open because it can also take the pressure off the other person that they feel like oh my god I need to like I need to help my best friend because they love you so much you know and actually that cannot be helpful um, or they can say something in a way that's with all the good intentions but doesn't quite sit the way it should yeah and if somebody doesn't have even the luxury of feeling like they could turn to a friend yeah. would you say that potentially support groups are the way to go you know you're not alone is the main thing you said there at the very beginning yeah. and that's absolutely right I mean anything we've gone through somebody else has also gone through it's just a case of finding them so even if you're not actively telling somebody listening to others share and listening to others explore and support and then when you're ready to kind of do that do you think that's a good way of starting out if you just aren't in the space where you know it might be that it's very close to home it might be that somebody's had a situation yeah. happen with somebody who's within their friendship or family group yeah, yeah and actually course. being yeah. able to find somebody external that they can open up to and get that from might might be a really good way to start yeah and I think you know unfortunately a lot of these situations uh is people that we know um I wouldn't say you know I don't want to say you should do this or you should do that support groups are fantastic I am in some of them they can also be really triggering um so I would say you know that's that's not always the right first step when you're trying to come to these things some people find it really really amazing and supportive and and that's their way to flourish other people it's just a bit too overwhelming it's too triggering um and it can so try something but try but, something be willing to pull out of it and do something else if it doesn't work for you I guess yeah and look after yourself for me uh, one of the first things I did was I read option b by Sheryl Sandberg mm. um of lean in and all around amazing woman mm -hmm. uh so she yeah option b so lean in she wrote um as I'm sure you I've read that know. yeah <laughs> yeah option b she wrote uh after her husband very tragically suddenly passed away um and option b she writes with a uh, with a psychologist and so that's kind of about resilience and grief and trauma and there are triggering things in there that's why I'm always quite cautious because like I find the r word is really really triggering for me um and so yeah it's for me that book option b was really great I read it back in 2017 I've gone on about it a lot um and I actually haven't read it again um <laughs> but it's on my shelf and it's kind of one of those things where I read it and it's just stayed with me and in that is, a, is also stuff about language. And it's actually really useful, even if you haven't gone through anything big, I really recommend you read it because it helps you be more supportive as a friend, as a family member, as a colleague, um, because it's about, you know, if someone's going through something, big or small, just saying something simple like, how are you? can actually be massively overwhelming a people say it all the time without actually caring or wanting to know the answer you know it's kind of an, a pleasantry that you say rather than something you mean um 
So it's also kind of grounding it into, A, if you're asking, ask, but just adding today. How are you today? And grounding it down into something smaller and more manageable rather than how are you, which can can seem massive and overwhelming and, and just a bit too much sometimes. Interesting. How are you today? And there's quite a bit around language. And, you know, if you're the person that needs support, being able to say, as I said earlier, you know, all I all I want from you is a hug and I just want you to listen. I don't you know, I don't need anything else or saying, I don't know if you say, how are you? I find that a bit much at the moment. You know, let's just keep it down to something really small like, oh, how how is your morning going or, you know, something like that. And, and it's really about figuring out what's working for you and being open to make mistakes um, and, and maybe put a foot wrong, but then being open to listening, you know, trying to, to come back, do it better. So, yeah, option B. That's very interesting, actually, because when you say how are you today or how are you feeling, you know, this morning or whatever, actually, we had a conversation just before this started. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about how our day's been and and generally your day has been pretty good, but your week started a bit odd and kind of carried on in a better yeah. way. My week has been, it's had positive bits and less easy bits and um, and today's not been an easy day. Um, and yeah. so actually being able to just say, like in general, I've been very lucky. I'm very grateful for my life right now. I've been incredibly happy overall but today was a bad day (laughs) and it was nice to be able to honestly say today isn't so great yeah but that's not me going how are you oh um yeah I'm great thanks I'm not going to share with you I'm not going to share with you today's feelings because in general everything is great yeah it's but then that sort of undermines the kind of importance of the feelings that you have at that very moment in time yeah and it's you know if we if we want to show up for uh, for our nearest and dearest and even you know a, a colleague or someone wherever you know if if we ask how are you it's such a throwaway thing that it does lead to generic answers yeah good fine great and it's one of those things where I know in in the past um you know if I say I'm fine that means I'm really not fine but then I've kind of expected someone to be like, oh, tell me more. It's like, no way. I have to kind of I have to be able to communicate that I'm not OK anymore. Or like if I want to talk about it, that's that's my responsibility to to share that and open up and, and be honest and open, you know, rather than me trying to expect someone else to read my mind and understand the difference between I'm fine and I'm good. I wonder whether that's a male female thing as well or just a different personality thing. My husband often says I'm fine and I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) and apparently I'm completely wrong and he's absolutely fine. You know, he's got tumbleweed going through his head and he's he's got no, you know, no worries whatsoever. But for me, if I was to say I'm fine, it's probably not quite what I mean. (laughs) Exactly. And it's one of those things, you know, and we can we can very easily slip into that, you know, slightly passive aggressive of, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, wait, I'm going down. I'm going down that route that I don't need to go down anymore. And actually, wait, I can just communicate that, you know what, I'm a bit hungry. I'm a bit tired. I had an email that's knocked me off my my groove. Uh, let's talk it through rather than me trying to be like, I'm fine. 
you know, and Absolutely. all of that. So it's it's really about just having that open, honest communication and being okay, being able to show that vulnerability. You know, that's real authentic confidence is is being vulnerable, being open, being honest. And being, being aware. Yourself and being <laughs> exactly and being aware and and like I said, you know, we're all we're all works in progress, we're human, and that is great. You know, perfection doesn't exist in this kind of way because it would be really really boring <laughs> life yeah. would be boring if everything was perfect everyone was perfect um where would we go what fun would we do what new netflix series would be made you know <laughs> got to keep evolving one of the things that we were talking about earlier was uh, the concept of the self-critic as well and i just wanted to bring yeah. that back because um i've been doing a lot of work recently with tracking myself on a daily basis so um since giving up breastfeeding i've had a menstrual cycle come back and you know that's quite a shock when you haven't had it for you know the entire um 15 and a half months plus the entire pregnancy it's quite a long time to have lost that connection with yourself and I think other women um may be in a situation as well and obviously for the men listening there are women around you your you know your your mum your wife your sister whoever your colleague um who may be having these changes and I just think it's quite interesting that when we're listening to our to ourselves and being aware of our self-critic and things like that one of the things I've learned is that it can be extremely loud in your sort of the lead up to when you have your period and therefore um and for, for me it's sort of like 10 days worth of time now in the past I used to find those thoughts incredibly powerful during that time and it was a very anxious time and actually the more aware I've become the less anxious I am and the it's actually a much calmer time for me now than it ever was but I do know that there are women that really struggle with those sorts of thoughts at that specific time now there's people that say it they belong there that's the time of the critic which is a really good thing um and that if they're in the other parts of the cycle then that's really not a good thing because that's when you're meant to be feeling much more easygoing and much more relaxed and not so critical but i just think it's very interesting that when we're looking at how do i feel and have i noticed these thoughts it's also worth seeing when is it happening in your cycle if you're having a cycle because that could be actually really important if you're going to go and get certain help it when it happens is actually really relevant as well yeah and you know going back to what we we're saying earlier when i was saying notice you know tune in to that thoughts and start to notice the patterns but also is are there particular situations and for example if you're noticing you know 10 days lead up or something and that's a recurring pattern that's a situation where that voice becomes a little louder and I think you know one of those things is I I hate I don't really like the word should of you know like you should feel this then and you shouldn't feel this then because then it just creates a cage and we're like oh my god I'm not doing it properly and it's like well it's life and it's our life so you know but yeah notice the situations and then in that moment for example if you've got a partner or a friend or even for yourself is is bring someone else in on it if you need that support and you need that that kind of accountability of I know I get very self-critical on myself during this time and then if they start to hear that language coming out where you're really going in for yourself and breaking yourself down and then they're like oh wait a minute are we is this how you're really feeling or is this that situation obviously please never ever say to anyone is it your time of the month because that is 
going to go down like a massive lead balloon you'll probably get a smack around the face yeah um (laughs) no I think it's actually really important I listened to a podcast uh the other day that was it was four men in particular but they actually had um the red school on it talking about this sort of stuff but it was it was really interesting because if you've got a female person in your life whether you're male or female and there's a particular time when they're being very self-critical but also very critical of others <laughs> it's possible that they're struggling at that particular time of their cycle and that it might be that they they don't mean it or that they it's finally come to a head and they're finally, finally going to tell you how they feel whereas they might have been sort of fluffing over it for quite a long time so it's it's an interesting one to become aware of um no matter who you are um and i think what i find crazy is that we don't actually have much awareness of this at all this is for most people listening to this this will be the first time they've ever heard of that yeah and yet this is something that women deal with every single where however many days months three weeks three and a half weeks you know five and a half weeks however long someone's cycle is this is a very very important part to kind of bring up that they will be feeling these feelings at different times of different uh, intensities and actually having somebody else who's aware of it who's very close to them and can talk to them in a very caring way rather than a very sort of joking way or critical way can actually be really really helpful through those times and this is another example of being able to ask how you need to support it but also as someone supporting someone else is ask them what you can do to support them you know, don't feel you have to come in and be like, right, what do you, you know, here's a cup of tea, here's that, thanks, bye, I'm going to shuffle off now. You know, ask them, how can I support you? What do you need from me? Rather than necessarily assuming that what you're doing is is the way that they want. Absolutely. Open, open honest communication. Sometimes the best thing you can do is not be there. <laughs> As my husband has found out, and I've had to say, just I just want to let you know I'm on day X and uh, I just need to be alone so there we go great communication (laughs) you're saying saying what you need he's listening he's picking that up and you know and that's that's kind of the best the best that we can hope for right it's just being honest what's the worst that can happen absolutely and sort of one other question as well which I think is quite important for those if they've been through a similar situation to yours um When you have a relationship, obviously, you've got communication in general, but then you've also got that added communication of that there may have been something in the past that is obviously of a physical nature or of a romantic nature that has gone wrong, where, you know, this is something I would expect to affect. Is it something that can be dealt with, with communication and with support? And with time, things can develop better? Or, you know, is it likely that you would struggle with that for the rest of your life? No, I think, you know, again, this is one of those things where it's so deeply personal and so different for everyone. And so, you know, I wouldn't like to say this happens or that happens because I can't I can't speak for anyone other than myself and and the way it showed up in my life. Um, I I haven't struggled in that area. Um, In fact, you know, but it's deeply linked to all of that but not necessarily in a in a fearful way but in a way that uh, I'm not really explaining it very well to be honest because it's one of those things where we can edit this out if you don't feel comfortable talking about it I don't mind (laughs) 
<laughs> it's fine because it's one of those things that I think at some point I may speak about publicly in certain ways because I think it is one of those things that that can be helpful for someone who is going through stuff um but I think the key is is that these things are different for everyone and I never ever want to say that something you have gone through will negatively affect you for the rest of your life because you know what about hope and work and and change and growth and I have a wonderful loving relationship um with my partner and on our first date you know I said he came from Belgium because he's Belgium um so he stayed with me for the weekend that was our first date it was 72 hours long and that was a massive step in itself because you know I'm this this guy who's a friend of a friend so I'd met him you know I'd met him at a party um a couple of weeks before and we talked every single day since we met and you know so I I felt like I knew him a lot but I did freak out to him before he he actually left for Belgium being like I don't know if I can have you in, in my flat and he was like that's absolutely fine I can stay somewhere else and he was immediately you know not a problem at all I'll go do this and I think the fact that he didn't he didn't question anything he didn't try and be like oh come on like I'm coming from another country you know I was like oh okay actually no you can come and and stay in the flat and he was like yeah of course I'll sleep on the sofa I'll sleep wherever like there's no there's nothing you know no pressure at all and so on our first date when we when we went out for brunch you know I I opened up and I said you know I've been through this I've had therapy. I'm in a great place now. I know what I want. Um, I worked really hard. We talked about stoicism, which is something that's really fundamental to both of us. Um, values, like it was just incredible. And I remember just sitting there being like, oh my God, how have I found this incredible man where I can speak openly and honestly? And he just, you know, picks everything up and and does the same and, and has that open communication. So there was never that thing, because it is that fear of like, when do I tell someone um in a relationship and I just thought you know what do it at the beginning if they if they run away they can't handle my stuff you know I'm a strong woman I've worked hard I've I've got this I've got my life I've you know I struggle I have moments I have trigger points there are times when I need a more cuddles I need a lot of love and assurance and and those kind of things and and all of those he gives and picks up without even me asking or questioning yeah. or anything like that and and I guess really had special. had you done that differently had you not told him or had you not mentioned about him going to the flat and you just kept quiet and he'd stayed you could have been very much on edge yeah. you could have been freaking out he might have tried to kiss you you could have freaked out even more that sort of thing and but by you communicating very very early on very quickly as soon as you felt remotely uncomfortable before anything actually was able to physically trigger you should we say um you you feel that that communication is kind of what's helped you to actually have um a sort of a a, a positive relationship in that sense yeah and I think you know when I when I freaked out to him before he came he didn't know any any of the trauma any of my past or anything you know that that I didn't mention until we were on our date in person and I'd kind of seen how how things had been in real life when we were kind of together on our first date and you know that's but that's how I wanted to do things I think I'd got to a point where you know I'd finished therapy by the time I met him 
Um, I had reworked my mindset. That's ongoing work. I'd re I'd built my core up. Um, I had done, you know, I'd had 18 months of, of kind of hard personal work on myself before we met, um, which I'm really glad that I had done because then it meant when he actually, you know, when I met him at that party, then I could be myself. I could also, I knew my value. I knew my worth. I knew what I was wanting in a relationship. I knew what I was wanting from my partner. I knew, you know, I knew I wanted honest, open communication because I hadn't had that before. I knew I wanted, you know, someone that was funny and intelligent and we could talk about, you know, culture as well as silly things and mess around and and then be able to flip and talk about our deepest values and and what we want from our life and our our futures and have all those big conversations and the small conversations um and that's kind of that ideal relationship that I think I've I've always wanted it's very much it's like my parents relationship it's like my sister and brother-in-law's relationship and I hadn't had that before because I hadn't also thought I was worth it so having done that 18 months of work before he my gorgeous partner walked into my life you know, meant that I could come into that relationship open and honest and kind of with that mindset of if someone rejects you in that way, if someone, you know, can't deal with your stuff, um, then they're not, you know, and they run away, that's that's fine, that saves me time, they're not the right person for me because, you know, I can hold my own, I'm a strong person, I do need support, and I'm I'm happy, and I want to support my partner as well, and be them for their stuff, and they're there for my stuff, um, and so the right person is the right person. Absolutely, I think that is a very nice round um, summary <laughs> of, of, uh, of this experience, and I wanted to share this experience because I think that there's a lot of people out there who have never told anybody or have told very few people what they've been through and for them to be able to maybe have somebody that they connected with that like listening to yourself that helps them to just make that small change or to speak to that one person or to be that bit more honest in their relationship or something whatever it is that works for them I think that it's really important for people to hear this and for it to be in this sort of situation where this is not within a help group specifically for that. This is, you never know what topic is going to come up. And that's what this podcast is all about. Raising awareness for those who are going through it, but also those who surround the people that are going through it, whether they know or not. Exactly. And I, you know, I hope, as I said, everything I'm doing is to kind of help myself from 19 years old. So I hope it's helped at least one person. And yeah, reach out if you need um, on Instagram and Hope Life Coaching on LinkedIn as Beth Hope and my website is anthope.co.uk so you know it's just that listening and supporting thank you very much for sharing today I think it's amazing that you'll do that publicly uh, for the benefit of others so thank you very much thank you for having me I'd like to say a huge thank you to Beth for sharing her story it's not easy opening up especially on a public forum like this, about the things that we've been through. I hope this story in particular highlights how even those people who look like they've never gone through anything in their lives, they're just one of the many that are going through all sorts of hidden things that we don't talk about in society. I'd be grateful if you could share this episode 
or any other episode from the Living More of a Life podcast, because through sharing, we'll be able to raise more awareness of the issues that stop us living more of a life. As usual, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do on Instagram at incrementaljane or via my website, canidoitmyself.com. I look forward to hearing from you if you'd like to get in touch. See you next time. (laughs) 